This is USI Radio Theater, where student and faculty produced stories are delivered in an audio format. From classic recreations to original stories, USI Radio Theater begins now. those that have experienced war can truly understand the horrors that come in a battle. Sometimes the difference between life and death is a matter of inches, and sometimes a matter of pure luck. Boonville's Paul P.G. Williams found himself in these positions many times as he fought his way across Europe. From close calls to unbelievable acts of heroism to a desire to just survive. That's all in today's Heroes of the Tri-State, stories of area men during World War II. When Paul P.G. Williams graduated from Boonville High School, the war was going strong on both fronts. P.G. found himself being sent to the European front to battle the Nazis. And even before he got to the front, this Warwick County native saw what he had hoped he would never see. And it was uh, 43 of us in a box car. And uh, we were locked in, and there was finally somebody hollered one in and told us how to lay down so we could lay down. So we all laid down, and uh, the two guys at the end had to sit up. And then we went into a repo depot at Cannes, France. I got to see Paris through a bullet hole, incidentally, that was really interesting. But anyway, we went to Cannes, France. And in about three days, we was issued a rifle, and we was took by truck up to the lines. Now, this was at night, it was cold, and we passed the bodies of men that had been killed the day before, had been drug out to the road so they could be picked up. I was going to be a replacement for one of these men. That's the first time I really realized what war was. Welcome, men. We're getting hit hard, and we need you all. Before you get placed, I need some electricians. Are any of you electricians? Yes, sir. I am. What's your name? Private Paul Williams, sir. Fine. Step aside, Williams, until I get the rest of these men placed. You three, over to Company A. The rest of you, over to Company B. Williams, you're an electrician, so you're trained. I need you to be a wireman. Sir, I'm not a train wireman, I'm an electrician. That's fine. You know how to run wire. I need you to run telephone wire so we can communicate with the front, and we need you right now. You'll mostly go out at night and find the broken lines. It's a dangerous job, as you might guess. We've lost some good men out there. I just didn't do my radio job and my wire and stuff like that. I also went behind the lines at night and got prisoners. I was a trained knife fighter. I was trained in all the ways of killing. I had judo and all that kind of stuff. I was close to a lot of German soldiers at night and I could spit on them because I wanted the prisoners. And that's my, that was my job at night. Night, 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 night work. That night, I was in a group there in the, in the, in the CP and uh, he pointed to some of us and uh, said, you, you, and you, uh, go get me a German prisoner. He says, the Central Intelligence Committee, the CIC, I wanted to do a lot of work for him. 
Anyway, uh, well. Now that a Stark will want you five, get yourself a jeep and go find a prisoner. It's been a while since we captured one. Are you wanting anyone in particular? No, just go find someone. William, you take 50 caliber on top. By the way, most people call me PG. Fine. PG, take the gun. Sholy, you drive best. Just don't turn on those headlights. They'll see us from a mile away. <laughs> I got, we was five of us, got the Two on each side in the back, and I was, they put me on the, on the uh, 50 caliber, and the uh, two guys in front. Our chief driver was from Jasper, Indiana, uh, Schulte, they call him, and uh, he took us up and we drove right into a German tank division. Oh my God, those are kraut tanks. We can't be more than 10 feet away from them. Guys, guys, shut up. I, I think everyone's asleep. Let's try to leave before anything happens. Quiet. Look right beside on that tank. It's a German sleep. I'm gonna grab him. You guys, help me keep him quiet. Are you nuts? Let's leave. No. I'm going to get him. He's right here. But when I grab him and get him in the Jeep, you guys help me with him. And then, Sholy, you drive like hell. Guys, keep him quiet. Sholy, get us out of here. Man, I thought we were dead. When we turned and saw those tanks, I guess they didn't expect us because I didn't see any guards. PG, you are nuts. I can't believe you captured this guy. On your first night. Surely great driving. I've never seen anyone drive out of a mess like that. We had our man. Just like that. But I want to tell you, that scares the death out of you when you do something like that. I mean, that's, that was the first night. That was my first night. Okay, the next day, we, we had to cross the Kyle River. And there was one whale of a story, too. Because Pete and I started out down the, down the road to running this wire to the platoon. And there was a bunch of guys coming, there was about seven of them, and all of them were wounded from like the waist up. And you know, facial wounds and arms and stuff like that, and bleeding all over the place. But uh, so we started up and we had to go up this hill to take the wire up there. And while we were going up, we got up about probably halfway. And there was the thing in the ground popped up in front of me. It's a bouncing Betty. It's a bouncing Betty. Hit the ground! It didn't explode. It didn't explode. It fell down and fizzled and ran down the hill. I was alive. I didn't get killed. I was out on, a, on one night trying to find a, where a line had broken and been shot in two or something. And I, I was walking down keeping low and all that and up ahead was a kind of a little woods like affair and I heard a machine gun off to my right shoot and I hit the ground I went down and I looked up and there was a German soldier behind a log and I was going right towards him well my carbine was back of me and I finally pulled it up to where, where I could get it, to where I could hold it to trigger and everything. He raised up and saluted me and turned around and crawled away. He had a good shot. I was very lucky. We, we lost a lot, of our, a lot of our corpsmen that took care of us. I'll give you an example. We were going down a hill in, uh, up in the rear pocket, I think it was, and 
the hill hill was one, and then there was another hill across the way there, and they had a had a 20 millimeter on top of the hill up there was shooting at us. We were actually pinned down, and I was behind a, a wall, and I had a place where I could lay my rice sniper's rifle across it, and um, then um, I heard this guy holler, "Medic!" And we had a boy down there hit. Well, the medic came running down the hill. And that 20 millimeter hit him right in the side, blew his whole side out. And he fell back, trying to push the shell away, but he couldn't do that. He was already down. One of my guys says, PG, PG. he's hit bad. He won't make it. You're the best shot. You know what you need to do. Hill, I, I hate this. You know this is right. Put him out of his misery. Hold on. I think I can get a clean shot at the medic's head. Man, he's suffering. Shoot him. Shut up. I know. I need to do this in one shot. I don't need to. Look. He's not moving. He's dead. I didn't have to shoot him to bring him, to keep him from suffering. And we, then we went on over to the Moselle River. And uh, we did a lot of fighting between the, the Prune River and the, and the Moselle. We crossed the Moselle River at night. Hey, boys, we've been ordered to cross the Moselle River. Help with things up there. Where are we going to cross? Uh, they said to cross in a boat from the Hell Six guys. Hey, they're right over there. Man, man, I can't see a thing. It's dark as hell out here. Hey, I think I see a tree on the bank over there. Yeah. That's a tree. Let's head toward it. At least it's something. Guys, good job. Where to now, Harry? To near the front. Let's head up that hill. Man, what are we walking through? I I can't see much. I think it's a vineyard. Just stay low, watch out for the terraces. I think this is like, well, a big stair-step mountain. We're getting closer. Everybody keep low and watch out. I don't know where the krauts are around here. Be quiet. I hear something. Listen. It's on the road. Everybody, follow me and be quiet. It's a horse-drawn cart. Let's stop him. PG, Pete, move down to my right. You two, down there. Keep an eye out for anyone behind this cart. Stop! Throw down your guns! Is there anybody behind this wagon? No, we're clear. Let's take this wagon. There's supposed to be some farms around here. Let's get to one instead of command. Pete, PG, take the prisoners. If they cause problems or run, shoot them. Over there, farmhouse. Smith, Robertson, check it out. Watch those trees over there. There might be some krauts. They signal it's fine. Let's move. Stay low and leave the wagon at the edge of the clearing. Take the prisoners with us. All right, let's set up command. And I was actually at that time was in front of the company, so we worked our way on up to a house, which we made the command post. Incoming! Get those men to the woods. In the house, stay down. PG, call command and tell them we're taking shell fire and small arms fire. I'm hit! Someone help me! I'm hit! Pete, PG, get that engine man in here. Pete, get his legs. I'll take his arms. Stay down. Those bastards are getting too close. Pete, 
Check his wounds and put some powder on them. Send another message. Tell them to send some big guns this way. We've got to clear these guys out. How's he doing, Pete? It's Smith. He's hit back. Took nine bullet holes in his leg. He needs to get over to the farm where the other medics are. All right. Sounds like we're giving him hell to pay. PG, Pete. Find a way to get him over to that barn. But get someone else to take him. Who? We don't have anyone. Hell, I don't care. Get the prisoners to take him. Are you nuts? Give the guy a pistol, and if they try anything, tell him to shoot the bastards. Pete, get some overcoats and something to make him a stretcher. I'll go to the cellar and get two Germans. Smith, here's the gun. You, yeah, German, do you speak any English? I speak English. You take him to the barn over on that farm. He has a gun. You do anything, you're a dead man. If he doesn't shoot you, I'll make sure you don't make it into the woods. Smith, good luck, man. And don't let them try anything. Second platoon got in trouble up there ahead of us. And the captain says, PG, he says, you get up there and see what you can do. They've got a bunch of wounded guys up there. I'm Private Williams. I was told you have wounded and the captain said for me to help. Hell yes, we have wounded. There's 15 that I know of. Get them out of here. It's just me. Can one of your guys help? We can't spare anyone. Figure it out yourself and get my entry out of here. I'll try carrying them down close enough to get help. And I carried most of them back and got them in a safe place so I could get the stretchers later on and get them down to where we we had the wounded boys. But L Company that night took, we, we lost about in our battalion probably about 200 men that night. I had to go back then up to um, the CP and the captain told me, he says, go back uh, down to the regiment and get to take the morning report back. I went back, took the morning report, and on the way back we knew we were taking shells. And we figured that we could get back between the volleys of shells. How are we going to get back through the shelling? We're cut off. Hey, Pete, watch. See that? The shelling is coming in volleys. I'll bet if we time it right, we can make it through. PG, you're nuts. I don't know what else to do. If we don't get back, the sergeant will be all over us. All right. Watch. Goes into rhythm. Ready? Let's go. Keep going. Just drive hard. Look out. Here comes one. Jump! I'm hit. I got hit. I, I don't know where. Help me, Pete. Hold still. Hold still. Let me check. Damn, I can't see anything. That had to hit me. It was too close. When I jumped, something hit me when I was in the air. Help me up. Let's get out of here. We went down the, underneath the house in a potato bin and lit a candle down there. I, I seen my boot. I seen I had a cut in my boot and a place about all oh, three inches on a boot that was burned, like seared for something hot, really hit it. And I took my sock off and I had a bloody boot in there and where it hit and, and cut me. So I put some wound powder on it and I put another pair of clean socks on and. Um, never thought too much more about it. Man, something was wrong with my foot where I got hit. I thought you put some powder on it. I did. But something ain't right. I gotta check it. Ooh, PG, that doesn't look good. I think it's infected. You need to go get to the aid station. But about another, about three days later, I got an infected leg, or foot rather, and had to go back to the battalion aid and get get the first aid, and they washed my foot. 
which the captain, uh, the guy that the uh, captain that was the medic, asked me when when's the last time he washed your foot. I said, well, it's been at least a month and a half, two months since I washed my feet. So that's the way it was over there. You didn't get advised very often. We went on then across the mid part of Germany into uh, into um, getting ready for the Rhine crossing. Well, the Rhine crossing was March, about to March the 21st, if I remember right. And uh, we went across and landing craft infantry. But that night, we were completely and totally surrounded. And that's when I become a sniper. Pete, this ain't good. We're in the middle of a bunch of crowds. Hey, buddy, I don't know if we can get out of this. Well, hell, I'm not going down without a fight. We can't stand up to him, but I'm going to shoot him when I can. Let's just be like a sniper. Take shots and move. And I don't know how many men I killed that day, but I killed a lot of them. I know that outside our perimeter, there was 185 dead German bodies that we'd hit. And the next day, we got some tank support. We started off in what we call marching fire. We got across this cabbage field into what was an orchard. And we started taking mortar fire. Sergeant says to head for that orchard over there. Yeah, right over there. Get behind the trees. Over here, there's a foxhole the bastards left. Bring Zuki with you. There's room. Man, I feel better in here. It was like shooting ducks in that field, and I don't like being a duck. I hey, like hey, what's up with Zuki? We gotta get out of here. Shut hey, up! Sarge, shut Sarge, up! Sarge, what do we do, man? Let's go! We gotta Zuki, get out of here, Sarge! shut up, man. They're going to find us, man. We're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna die here, up. Sarge. We're, we're not gonna make it. We're gonna die in this hole, Sarge. We gotta get shut out of here. Let's go! Shut Let's up. go! Ugh. You didn't have to hit him. If I didn't, we'd be talking to the Krauts. He had to shut up. Stay down! We're getting closer with those shells. Pete! Pete! Are you okay? Pete! Say something! Damn! Pete! That's where I lost my buddy. Then we went uh, into Frankfurt, and then we crossed into, across the Man River, and uh, we was taking shell fire there, and my job was to get a get a roll of, of uh, cable across so we can establish communications. And I was supposed to have somebody meet me in the middle of the bridge, but he didn't make it, and I had to carry the thing all the way across. And when I got across, I fell into a, a German machine gun nest, but they were all dead. And um, So the next day, we did the house-to-house -house combat and stuff like that. After that, I was spending a couple of days in uh, Frankfurt we went up to Bergen, Germany, and stayed there for, I think, it's about roughly five days. But we got a bath and clean clothes and everything like that. We did have some night patrols that went out, and uh, I was usually always with a night patrol. We went on across Germany, and uh, then actually we went north to what was the rear pocket of Germany. And we went up into the rear pocket and cleaned that up. And the captain gave me a job of handling prisoners. And I probably, at, in that week, I probably handled, uh, me and my, my group of guys, 
and we handled probably about, oh, I'd say close to a thousand prisoners, prisoners of war, and uh, we took them back. At one time, uh, going back to the company, we uh, found a house. Guys, look over there. That house. Something doesn't seem right, and we need to check it out. Five of you stay back here with the prisoners. Rest come with me. PG, look here. There must be a dozen Germans in here. Hands up! Hands up, all of you! If you try anything, you're dead! Any one of you speak English? I speak English. Tell everyone to give up, and they'll be treated well. We're not going to do anything. You tell me if there are any more around here. No, it's just us. What are you guys doing? Diva told to hold this area. Everyone else is gone or dead. I was listening to the radio. Your president is dead. The hell you say? We were listening to the radio. Your president Roosevelt, they said he died today. Yeah, that was on April the 14th. And uh, so I took those guys back and they went back to the company. We went up to Minden, Germany then. That's as far north as we went. Now, all this time, there's all this time though, I'm, I'm going very fast through this. There's action, I was in action and fighting here in different places and stuff like that. And night patrols and taking prisoners and trying to get, get the information from the Germans. So there wasn't just, just wasn't moving up. We were doing something all the time. We got orders to head to Czechoslovakia. Now, Pilsen, Germany was our target, so by any means we could. Well, we I stole a car and uh, we took it to Pilsen, Germany. It was a nice Opel <laughs> sedan. We got into Czechoslovakia. It started snowing. And Czechoslovakia at that time to me looked like God had made it just a flat place and put a bunch of hunks of dirt here and here and everywhere with trees growing on them. But we spent our night in, 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 on top of the hills in the rain, and it rained for several days. Then the snow came, and we got five inches of snow. And I remember well walking up this road. Captain, there's someone coming toward us. If anything happens, take them out. We've got the entire company behind us, and we need to keep moving. Captain, I think those are kids. Ah, yeah, they are kids. I don't think they're going to be bothering us. Don't shoot, but keep an eye on them as we get closer. They are. They are just kids. Look, all eight of them, they're barefoot. They're barefoot and walking in the snow. Hey, come here. I've got some candy for you. We're Americans. If you want some candy, we won't hurt you. But uh, they come through and the guys give them all. The guys tried to give them candy and stuff like that. But then we went on up the hill, and finally went to a place where we settled down for the night. At that particular point, we was in a house, and outside was a fence about four, four or five foot high, and we parked our jeep right, right nose into the the wall there. And um, on the seventh of May. The captain and I went back to regiment. We had a meeting back there. And we were told that the war was over. Now, the war really was over for us. We were told not to do any more killing. So, the captain and I went back. Boy, the war's over. We're at regiment and they said the war's over for us. Our orders are not to shoot anyone. 
Uh, for now, man, this is where we'll be staying. I say it's time for us to relax and have whatever kind of party we can have. Captain, I hear a plane coming in real low. I don't like this. I'm heading out to the Jeep and the 50 caliber. They're so low, they may be bombing us. Well, PG, I see it. Don't shoot. I see it, too. It's a Hanka 111 bomber. No plane comes in that low unless it's going to do something. Don't shoot. Those are our orders. I don't like this. What if those guys in the planes don't know the Germans surrender? Don't shoot. The plane has white flags on the wings. Don't shoot. That's an order. I see the flags. Man, I didn't like that. I found out that that was the uh, was Admiral Dernis was going to sign the peace treaty with the United States, and a plane had white flags on the wings. So the next day, we were to head for Valerich, Czechoslovakia. That was our target place to go to. The fifth advanced group and then the 803rd tank battalion followed them and then we come on in behind them across the bridge and went into the town and uh, took over the town then. When we got there, the 5th Cavalry had found... That's the 5th Cavalry up there. I'm glad to see you here. Did you have much of a problem from the locals? No, not at all. But when we got here, these young girls, about 30 of them, found us. We're just now trying to find out why they were here. I'm an American. We won't hurt you. Can any of you speak English? I do. My name is Gerta Weissman. Why are you here? We were being held by the SS. They were going to execute us. Why? Because we are Jewish. They killed many of our people. They're buried in a trench over there. There. That's where they... Through the bodies of my people. The SS killed their own people? We were originally from Poland. We were told there were 5,000 of us at the start. Now just us. Why? What did they do? My people either starved to death or were shot by the SS. Shot for no reason. Gerda, don't fear my soldiers. We'll take care of you. The captain of that group met a lady there, which was a Polish girl. Her name was Gerda Weisman. The captain's name was Klein. They seen each other and later got married after she got over being being disabled. I mean, she was nothing but skin and bones, and she finally gained enough weight. And he brought her back to the states, and they got married. And she became a very wonderful person here in the United States. She wrote books and made, made movies about the, the Holocaust and things like that. Well, killing was what I'd done. I, I was really, I come, I come home and kill her. I could have killed anybody. I mean, it didn't matter because I just saved my rifle and pulled a trigger. Close your eyes, though, when you pull the trigger, close your eyes. But I'd done a lot of that while I was on the line. After I met Gerda Weisman Klein, I realized that what I'd done, maybe God would forgive me. Fight. Well, anyway, I have, if God will forgive me now, 
she that was the reason why it was done. Really one of the things that I wanted to tell you about which made it important to me, it made me realize what I was doing worthwhile because we saved at least 30 girls and later on I got to meet this lady, Gerda Weisman Klein, down in Evansville. She'd come to Evansville to speak and I got to meet her and believe me it was a tearful reunion and all that because there was so many things back there in the past that remembered. But that's why, that's why this war was fought because of this Holocaust thing and the fact that these people, these SS troopers were so terribly mean. P.G. Williams finished the war as a sergeant and was awarded the Bronze Star and a Purple Heart. He returned to Warwick County and to a job in the coal mines. P.G. Williams, another hero of the Tri-State. Should you wish to learn more about the Jewish slave camp survivor P.G. talked about, Gerda Weissman Klein, you may read her book, which is available in many area libraries. Look for the title, All But My Life. Gerda Weissman Klein also wrote several other books about her experiences and won an Oscar for the 1996 film One Survivor Remembers. Thank you for listening to the story of Paul P.G. Williams on Heroes of the Tri-State. The part of P.G. Williams was played by University of Southern Indiana theater professor Elliot Wasserman. Other actors in this presentation were USI theater professor Doug Hubble and USI students Brock Ballack, Jeremy Brailsford, Mick Jost, Brandon Eck, and James Wilhite. Assistant producer, Rochelle Porras. The award-winning Heroes of the Tri-State, Stories of Area Men During World War II, was paid for through a University of Southern Indiana College of Liberal Arts Faculty Development Award. I'm John Morris, producer of Heroes of the Tri-State. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and thank you to all those that served in the military during World War II. Thank you for listening to USI Radio Theater. You can subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud or find us at 957thespin.com. Tune in next time for more USI Radio Theater.